Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the Word. Romans, oh, let me bless your friend. Father, I thank you for the most generous people on the face of the earth. Bless them, increase them, multiply them in Jesus' name. And all saints said, Amina. Romans chapter 4, verses 17. If you're there, you say, Amen. Now, the Bible says, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed. The Bible says, he, Before him whom he believed. Even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were, and the Bible says in the next verse, who against hope believed that he might become the father of many nations? Not according, sorry, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And the Bible says, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody say what he had promised, he was able also to perform. What a scripture. What a thought. What a thought. That he who promised also is able. To perform. It's one thing to say, you know, I promise, but, but they say, you know what, I tried. I tried my part, but I failed. No, he, he that promised, he was also able to perform. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now, if you're the reader of, of, of the scriptures, Romans chapter 4 is a central theme of an experience Abraham had with God. When God came to him and told him, you know what? I have made thee a father to nations. And the Bible says he's the God that calleth the things that be not as though they were. And that is how he gives the dead life. That's how he quickens the dead things. They're not necessarily dead because they are dead, but they are dead because they don't have a physical existence. Somebody shout hallelujah. Sometimes it's, they're not just dead because... Of anything, but because sometimes some of some things don't have a physical definition, and that is how he infuses his life in those things. The word quickening is not so much the English word you understand as being quick. No, the word quickening is the stopping of the human life to activate a godly life, a god kind of life. That's what quickening is, because God is never slow. And he does not need to make a man quick in the thought of just quick, quick, making you quick. No. He, he, he gets his life 
puts it on your life. Says that you start moving like he moves. You start moving in the life that he moves. Somebody shout hallelujah. That's what they call quickening. The quickening of the spirit. This is the stopping of the human life and ability. That the God life and ability will kick in. That's what quickening means. So the Bible says he's the God who quickeneth the dead. That means he's the God who applies his life in the things that have human life. And he calleth the things that be not as if they were. Or as though they were. And then tells him today I have, you are a father to nations. God does not have a language like you will be rich. That is us human beings trying to give understanding to people. Sometimes who might not understand it. If we say it a certain way, or sometimes it's with individuals who don't know the difference. And so sometimes say, you will be. God doesn't have a we, you will be. He has already willed. And his will is as good as done. Somebody shout hallelujah. God can't say you'll be a successful lawyer. God says you are a successful lawyer. God can't say you'll be a deep man someday. No, he says, you're a deep man. You're a deep woman. You're a wonderful man. You're a wonderful woman. You're a wonderful person. That's the imputation of righteousness. Now, to believe that was Abraham's problem. It would have been easier if God told Abraham that I will make you a father. But you see, it is harder when God tells him, you are a father to nations. The man they are telling is buried. His body is beyond a hundred years. His wife is, is in the is it 90s or something? 80s or 90s, yes. And this is a, look at how God speaks. God doesn't speak. Some people make God speak. God doesn't speak where possibility is. That you've not yet seen God. God comes in where it's, it looks like it is impossible. And he says, uh-huh. Is there anything that can explain your success? Yes, not yet. Not yet. But when nothing can explain your success, he says you are a success. Somebody shout hallelujah. When nothing can, ex no, when nothing can explain your health, he says you're healed. So I say, you know, good feeding. You know, I wish one day I have an opportunity, and I know I will have that opportunity too, to explain what it means to be carnal-minded. The Bible says to be carnal-minded is death. It is death. So what is life? To carry a spirit mind is life. To be carnal-minded is death. But to be spiritual-minded Spiritually minded, he says, it is life and peace. Those two things are there. The life which is of God's way and the peace which passes all understanding that God's your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. That even when you don't have a reason to be at peace, you are at peace. I'm not talking of peace when there are reasons to have peace. I'm talking of peace when everything else doesn't give you reason to have peace. And God, you, you have peace. So he says, to be carnal-minded. 
The word there, to be carnal, I have a sermon on that, a full one. I'll need an hour to talk about it. To be carnal-minded, to, to, to respond to the senses and only understand by the senses and only move by the senses and live to believe only by the senses. Because you smell it, it is so. Because you see it, it is so. Because you feel it, it is so. Because you taste it, it is so. If you don't taste it, it is not so. If you don't feel it, it is not so. If you don't see it, it is not so. Who is understanding what I'm saying? To be spiritual, carnal-minded is death. Because you move by the senses. You move by everything you see. You move by everything that can be touched. Something material. He said, no, this is it. I have money because I have money. Physical. You testify that you have money because you have money on your account. That's carnal-minded. It might be a miracle, yes, you have money, but because you say you have it because you physically have it, that's carnal. God is talking about someone who will check his pocket and have nothing and say, but I am so rich. And he's not saying it to become. That is carnal. That's also carnal. No, he's saying it because he's convinced that he says it. And with that comes a certain peace of rich men. Somebody shout hallelujah. Because his blessing addeth no sorrow. It maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh. That blessing, it maketh. Now, I love it that he says, and he addeth no sorrow. He addeth no sorrow. He makes sure that sorrow doesn't come in the blessing. Somebody shout hallelujah. Our father, Abraham, the patriarch. The meaning line of every man who should believe and learn how to function in the realm of faith. God comes to him and tells him, you are a father to nations. You are a father to nations. Not you will be, not you can be, not you shall be, not you, you might be. No, he says, he didn't even say, I will make you. He says, you are a father of many nations. Somebody shout hallelujah. And the Bible says, and Abraham believed. The God who quickeneth the dead and calleth the things that be not as though they are. And the Bible says, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. What does it mean to be weak in faith? To consider the things that, the reasons why you can't be. That's weak in faith. When a man is strong in faith, the Bible says he goes against all hope. The Bible says against all hope. Against all hope. When they pull that machine out and say, he's gone. And then you say, uh-uh. He's not. That's a son of Abraham. <laughs> That's a daughter of faith. That is what is happening tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. The verse is against hope, believed in hope. That he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Because God spoke it. And the verse says, and not being weak in faith, he considered not his own body, not dead, 
now that he was a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. But the Bible says that he staggered not at the promise of God through what? Unbelief. And the Bible says, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now, do you know what it means to bring glory to God? Being strong in faith. There is nothing that gives God glory like being strong in faith. There is nothing that makes, excites God like a man who is ready to believe God. Why do we put lights and cameras on crusade grounds and say bring the dead? You think we are joking? We are bringing glory to God. Why do we go? Some of you are in Ibanda. When the deaf were hearing, the, 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 the lame were walking, the blind were seeing, and everybody was saying, oh, wow, see, bringing glory to God. You just close your eyes and say, God, it, it is impossible for God not to appear for a man who knows how to believe God. Somebody shout hallelujah. One time, a certain lady came to me and said, Man of God, I just want to learn how to believe like you do. So I asked her a question. I said, what makes you think that you don't believe? And she said, it's because everything I believe God for happens opposite. And I said, did you say opposite? And she said, yes, opposite. Like if I believe for a job, I don't get it. If I believe for this, it doesn't happen. Now I learn, want to learn how to believe. So I say, the moment you used opposite, it means you have too much faith. It's just the other side. <laughs> what do you mean? He said, you said it doesn't work. That's too much faith. If you want to know how much you believe, eh, check how much things work opposite of how much you pray. I'll explain why. Satan is powerless to a Christian. Do you believe that? He has no power on a Christian. He was stripped of all power. He was disarmed. Isn't it? That's why the Bible says, put you on the armor of God that you may be able to withstand the tricks of the enemy. What he has is tricks, not power. Isn't it? So if what he has is tricks and not power, that's enough trick to use your power against you. Unbelief is simply the opposite of faith. Belief. If you fear something enough that it can kill you. It means you have enough faith. <laughs> to give life. If, do you hear what I said? If you fear something enough to kill you. It means you have enough faith to raise a dead man. Because life and death and the power of the tongue. The tongue can give life, the tongue can kill. That's why when I see people who have too little faith and go beyond little faith and go beyond to too much unbelief, I imagine how much faith they have if that unbelief can be turned to faith. Did you understand what I just said? So just turn it. Tell your neighbor, just turn it. With the same degree you fear, turn that degree to, to faith. You'll be amazed the things you can do. I mean, if you're feeling funny in your body, and then you go to bed and say, I'm not feeling well, by the, by the fact that you can go to bed, 
because you're not feeling well. What can be done the other side? Running shoes. And you hit the truck and start running because you're not sick. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. But he gives us an example of the patriarch. Our father Abraham. And the Bible says he, he believed God. He knew that he was able. The one who promised was able. He was able. And on top of that, we see that this is just a story around him being a father to nations. But before that, before he even becomes a father to nations, look at he, where he was raised. Look at the household he was raised. Look at the encounter God has with him. And tells him, leave your family. Leave your own kingfolk. Your kindred and country. And from your father's house. And he tells him, go unto a land that I will show you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Look at that kind of man. Where God just comes to you and tells you, you know what? Go to a land I will show you. Move. Now, the Bible says something in Hebrews 11 verse 8. The Bible says, urged by faith. Give me the amplified. He says, urged by faith. When he was called, he obeyed and went forth to a place which he was destined to receive as an inheritance. Right? And he went, although he did not know or trouble his mind about where he was to go. He did not know or trouble his mind about where he was to go. And the next verse says, prompted by faith, he dwelt as a temporary resident in the land which was designated in the promise of God. Though he was like a stranger in a strange country, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs with him of the same promise. Somebody shout hallelujah. And the Bible says, for he was waiting expectantly and confidently, expectantly and confidently, don't just expect, but confidently, looking forward to the city which was fixed and firm, with, uh, and firm foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Look at our father. I've given you two experiences that are all crazy. Somebody shout hallelujah. And now, the Bible tells you that the father of faith, where you all and also us all come from, had an experience one day where God simply separated him from everything he knew and told him, go to a place I'll show you for an inheritance. You see, when we talk about inheritance, some people think they think it's just something that comes to you because of who you are. But they miss out a very deep detail on what it means to walk in the inheritance which is of God. And theirs, by the way. Not all people in the world are walking in the inheritance God has ordained for his children. But many people don't know how to connect this equation. And tonight it's what I want to help you see. Through our father Abraham. 
When God gives him a promise, being strong in faith, because he has to bring glory to God. The Bible says, when he entered that land, he dwelt in tents. Now some people think, it's just written. No. He says, with the patriarchs, Isaac and Jacob, Abraham's generation dwelt in tents. Isaac's generation dwelt in tents. Jacob's generation dwelt in tents. Were they poor? No. Even when, Jake, when, when, when Abraham became so rich and had couple, cattle sorry, and had sheep and had oxen and had all kinds of gold and silver, he still dwelt in tents. When he produces his son, Isaac, even with the wealth that the Abrahamic story has, Isaac also entered the tent. When Isaac begat Jacob, even with the wealth passed on, Jacob also dwelt in tents. It was not a mistake. It was not a mistake. There is a spiritual signification of this thing you and I are calling tent. And the Bible says, because he was waiting expectantly and confident for a city whose builder and architect was God. He was waiting for something. Tell your neighbor this statement. Men of faith build tents when a word is spoken. Say it. Say it to them again and say, men of faith build tents when a word is spoken. He was as a stranger. 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 In the place of inheritance. The land of promise. And so I asked God, why tent? Why three generations in the tent? And, and, and he is the God we know. He's the God of Abraham. He's the God of Isaac. And he's the God of Jacob. And all these three patriarchs are in tents. So I asked God, why tents? Why tents? Why tents? Some of you have had the voice of God concerning your life. Some of you have not. But I'll ask you the question. When the word was spoken concerning a thing, did you build a tent? Did you pitch something somewhere? As an act of faith. To tell God, you know what, God... I know where we are going. And this tent is a physical representation. And so these things you should not forget. In Genesis 12 verse 1, where the story begins, the Bible says, When the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of the country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. The Bible says in the next verse, and he told him, and I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. The Bible says, and, and I will bless thee, them that bless thee, cast them that cast thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Next verse. And so Abraham departed, the Bible says, as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when what? 
He had departed into Haran. And the next verse says, And Abraham took Sarai's wife and Lot his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. Into the land of Canaan they came. And the Bible says, And Abraham passed through the land and to the place Shishem, and the plain the plains of Mori, and the Canaanite was then in the land. And verse 7 says, And the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said unto him, He said, Unto thy seed I'll give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And the Bible says in the next verse, And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west. Now, it does not mean that Abraham had not pinched, pitched tents before. But the first time tent is mentioned, you know the law first mentioned in Genesis, in, in scripture. Every time the word, a word is spoken the first time, there's a literal foundational truth of meaning that has and will always lead us to many pointers for the rest of scripture. That is the first time we see tent connected to Abraham. And it's amazing that the first time the tent is given, an altar is built before. Altars precede tents. When God gives you a word, are you hearing me? And, and it tells you move, right? And then a man starts to move by faith. The first revelation that man must learn is how to pray. Again, uh, sorry, according to the word given. See, many words are given and many ministers don't know how to pray in line with the words God has spoken. Are you hearing me? If you don't know how, look for a sermon series called Prayer Chords. There are what? Seven or eight? Seven or eight. Some no seven, but I think they're eight. And it tells you, before that tents are being built, but God didn't mention anything. The first time a tent is mentioned is when an altar is built. And God is telling us, I only recognize this mind of tents coming later in the New Testament dispensation when altars are built. Altars precede tents. Somebody shout hallelujah. And what is not consumed at the altar is the only thing that enters a tent. What is consumed at the altar does not enter the tent? Isaac. Do you understand what I'm saying? He took Isaac, the same boy, on the altar one day. Are you remembering that now? And Isaac can only enter the tent because he was not consumed at the altar, but he was available to God on the altar. And if a man does not know how to build an altar, he cannot raise a tent. He cannot raise a tent. He cannot raise a tent. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Why? Because he will not see the hand of God in the mind God builds. Acts chapter 7 verses 4. Now the man of God, Stephen... He's giving us an account of the same thing I'm reading. There's something I'm building to be patient with me. The Bible says he came out of the land as a, of the Chaldeans. Give me the, the, I think, the Amplified. He says, so when he went forth from the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran, and from there after his father died, God transferred him to this country in which you're now dwelling. The Bible says, yet he gave him no inheritance. That is property in it. No, not even enough ground to set his foot on. But he promised that he would give it to him for a permanent possession. And his descendants after him, even though as yet he had no child. Now let me explain what it means. 
God tells him, go to a place I'll show you. Abraham thinks when he reaches there, a certain, you know, I love the way Christians say it. And to, to prove that God had sent me in a place, I reached there and immediately a certain woman came and said, the Lord has told me to give you land. <laughs> that was not how your father got it. Who am I speaking to? Somebody say, it, God's vision, his bill, his will is his bill. Where he sends you, there is provision. Abraham went by faith. Not troubled. Not even knowing where he's going. And then he enters there. Are you hearing me? If he was like many people here, he would be like, since you've sent me here, send a man now. To give me property. And then somehow a man would appear and say, Abraham of God, I have been waiting for you. For before you made your, 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 your journey from the Chaldeans, the Lord had told me to give you 50 decimals of property such that you can start ministry from there. No. Our father came with not even, he says, not even a foot length. And he entered the land like a superstar. Somebody shout hallelujah. <laughs> and you ask, where was the provision? The word. The word. When God says he go, that word go has provided. Some say, oh, you know, his, his, his vision is his provision. His will is his bill. So if he has sent you, he has to provide. And then some of you wait for physical provision. And then you see nothing and you say, uh-uh. It is not God who sent me. In fact, God knew I'm going back. Why? Because if it was you, you would have... Pro Where do you want me to sleep? Uh-uh. Uh-uh! Do you understand what I'm saying? That's not a person who has grown in faith. That's not someone who's strong in faith. When you're strong in faith, it doesn't matter whether you find or you don't find. He has spoken. Somebody shout hallelujah. The church that you, we are looking at... the across the world that they are calling the Christ, the Christendom, the, the body of Christ and the cathedrals that are built across the world. These beautiful things that are with gold and silver that are on hundreds of acres and millions of dollars, they began on Solomon's porch. But with the Holy Ghost. Read the book of Acts. On the porch of Solomon, men congregated, but who was amid this? Now look at how far the church has gone. It does not matter what you begin with. It matters the word that has been spoken to your spirit. Somebody shout hallelujah. A man can't build a tent when he has not understood how provision comes. And what provision is? Provision is the word. So what if you get there and they give you nothing? Oh, God said that this job would be a good job. And then I've reached there. My boss has not paid me for six months. So what? If you sent me here, God, why am I suffering? If you took me here and it was your leading, why, 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 why is everything not coming the way I'm expecting? Because you think, oh, milk and honey, ah, then, <laughs> like the children of Israel. And then you expect cows and, and bees and then they are not there. But you say, land flowing with milk and honey. In there he's saying, will you believe it? And somehow the missing ingredient in present day Christianity is... They don't realize that from the onset of 
Abraham and the things that start to come in as God had promised was a place where Abraham has to reach in Canaan as a stranger. He has to think of where to sleep, what to eat that night, what to sell off, to buy a little small property, how to plan in his brain to make sure that he finds a certain loop through which he can make enough money to buy himself a little small plot and raise a tent. That is the part that misses in many Christians' heads. They think that because God has spoken, he will give them the land, then the tent, then everything. Then For them, they're just watching like this. Eh? The faithfulness of God. Continue waiting. I wish some of you know where we are coming from. And God was with us. Somebody shout hallelujah. Men of faith get a certain mind to act according to the word of God and apply wisdom too. You know these are things people don't want to hear. Because there's a person who thinks they will just be coming to service and then somehow money will come. Because they are listening to the word. Kali, listen. Continue listening. You probably listen for two years and you're still broke. Why? Because for you, you think, eh, you just wake up one day and then you get into the bathroom and it's full of money. And say, ah, Jesus, inheritance, fire, ra, serendipity, meraki, calopsia, poetess. No. No. That's not how our fathers taught us. They dug wells. They dug wells. They sat down and thought and applied their brains to find ways. Yes, the blessing was with them, but the blessing could not be activated when they were not applying wisdom to the grace given. And sadly, the newer the generation, and this you'll all agree with me, older people, the more people don't appreciate process. Many, you look at the ex-millennials, zennials. Are they called zennials? When they get a job, they want to be manager. <laughs> Immediately. You tell him, no, start from here. Why shouldn't I be manager? <laughs> because everything in this generation is now. You get it now. Now, like now. No, not tomorrow. Now. Now faith. No. <laughs> but you see, when you say now faith, it is, it, the now is still the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Somebody shout Hallelujah. That process and reconciliation I have seen that sometimes as a body of Christ, the, the wisdom is not applied there. And we are blessed people. We are very blessed people. That is the reason why Christians are broke. That is the reason why in Africa they tell you the most praying countries are the poorest. They're the poorest. 
Because Christians don't even apply wisdom to basic things to say, you know what? Eh? Okay, yes, I have the blessing of God upon my life. But how do I apply wisdom? Because some people don't understand that the blessing carries the source of it. Not just the result of it. You're not a blessed man because you drive a car. You're a blessed man because you know how to get a car the right way. Somebody shout hallelujah. You're not a blessed person because you're living in a very expensive house. You are a blessed person because you know how to build an expensive house the right way. That's called blessing. It's not enough to, to be given a nice house and you say, I'm blessed. When there is no process of faith and application. Born again Christians, we need these things. We need these things. Because Christians are looking the opposite of everything Abraham is. I think sometimes he looks in heaven and says, oh. Isaac, come and see. See that dude. But descendant. Listen. Your father started from nothing. In a strange land. Are you hearing me? And he made it. Uganda is not strange. Somebody said hallelujah. And if you're Ugandan or you're in a different nation. Thank God your father made it. You will make it also. But many of us don't respect that gap. And without that understanding, they can't pitch a tent because they don't see the full story of how the blessing manifests, of how the inheritance is seen physically. And as a result, now they're saying, you know what? Where Christianity is, is poverty. One time I was sharing with people and I told them, Kinshasa has more than 7,000 churches. Kinshasa has more than 7,000 churches. 7,000 churches. In one city. Go to DRC. Go Google Kinshasa. Where there are 7,000 churches. There's a deception with Christians who think that when you build many churches, eh, therefore the kingdom of God is growing. But some people think, for, can't think for a moment. And maybe the things we are building is not the kingdom of God. It's maybe we are building our own church. The one he's building, the gates of hell cannot prevail. And neither can poverty prevail on it. But you see, and I now speak as an apostle, many are building and they think Jesus is building his church. And the quality of Christianity the quality of the Christian life is going down every other day. Whether you're talking of spiritual, that is the gifts of the spirit, whether you're talking of moral, character, integrity, these things, wealth, health, stable marriages, family, Now divorces are in the church like they're in the world. 
Anangi. Is anyone here? <laughs> Jesus. Nga, you're not standing up. Are you following what I'm saying? And then I came to the realization. Now it's not the number of churches. It's the quality of the Christian life. It's these things that must be wisdom. And men of the, the, men of the sons of Ishmael, they get these principles. They understand the patterns very well. The Middle East is rich. Because they understand these things. They understand the process. Now we think that for adventure, we are just going to be coming and then they excite us. Then we scream, ah! Then we fall and then go home and somehow, because we are the blessed of the Lord, somehow, even if it falls, it falls with a man on a pattern. See, as thy man diligent, he stands before kings and not before mean men. It does not just fall. It does not just fall. Yes, there are houses you never built. There will be vineyards you never planted. But that's only because people cannot see the other part of the process. Of how these things come into manifestation. And that's the challenge we have with Christianity. They know who they are. They're screaming, yeah, I'm going to have to be. I'm a child of Abraham. I have to have faith. Everything is spoken. But the results are not there. Confessions are there every time. But they, they. But the results are not there. One year, one day. Hey, I've made you a father now. One day, okay. Two years, faith. Three years, faith. A hundred years, dead. And the Bible also has a provision for those ones. And these all died in faith. There are people who die in faith. And these all died believing. But the Bible says they did not receive the promise. But they died believers. You know now some of us, we are younger. And some of us are older. But there is nothing as frustrating as looking back. And you say, God, what could I have been? If I knew how. Okay. For the years that I'm remaining on the earth. Can I just go and sail through these years. Without the effect. And results that I feel in my spirit I'm supposed to have. Are you following what I'm saying? Because we don't understand the process. This is the process. Provision is his word. Don't give up and give in because you, 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 didn't, you, you, you don't have capital. What is capital? Capital is his word. Somebody shout hallelujah. Capital is not when you're waiting on your uncle who promised you and tell you, you know what? I'm going to give you money to start business. What if they die? Oh, okay. I don't want to kill your uncle. What if they, go, they don't get the money? What if you fall out to them before they give you the money? What if they don't give you enough money? What if they become broke before they give you the money? What if they simply 
arise, ar, 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 awake from their stupor. And, and then they say, you know what, I've changed my mind. And then you stay there waiting for the uncle again to reconsider. You, you send messages and call and they even refuse to answer your calls. No, when you're a man of faith and God says, I wish some of you were there when Fanero was starting. We didn't have a camera. We didn't have a chair. We didn't have a speaker. We didn't have a microphone. We didn't have anything. Physically, we could not, physically, we could not afford anything. Physically. Do you understand what I'm saying? But God had spoken. God had spoken. I remember that morning he told me August 7th, start. With or without anything, start. Now, I could have been like, you know, let me try to, no, 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 no. He told me, just start. Just start. I wish some of you knew. We operated in negatives the first weeks, but we had faith. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Now, every other you read our, every, every year we are pre, 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 presenting the financials of the year, we always have surplus. We always have excess monies every year. They, we always receive more than the budget we make every year. Like we failed to finish our budget every year now. But, Nemukama. There is a person right now waiting for capital to start. There is somebody waiting for a connection in ministry of water and works to work. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. If God has said you're rich, find something to do before the employer finds you. You didn't hear what I just said. Find something to do. That's a man building a tent. That's a man saying, God, I believe you. If he has sent you to do something, you don't need capital. You don't need the things you think the physical man needs. You have God. Move. Move. But you see, move. But I don't have a job. What do I do? Get out of bed in the morning at 6 a.m. And put on like you have a job. And just walk around the compound. That's a child of faith. But we have young people who don't have jobs. And they are sleeping every day. Oh, yaku You know, there are things my father used to do to us. Eh? And now I understand why he used to do them. We had just graduated from university. Fresh, you've just finished your exams. The guy came on the dot. 6 a.m., ba, ba, ba. Wake up and go and get jobs. I asked my father, where do they get jobs at 6 a.m.? He says, just wake up. 6 a.m. Who is understanding what I'm saying? Oh, we got jobs. <laughs> Somebody shout hallelujah. He used to wake up at 6 a.m. Five, sometimes five. One time he came when it was raining at 5 a.m. Boo, 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 boo. Ronnie, Grace, wake up. Go and get jobs. 5 a.m. 
when it's raining, that man. <laughs> uh, now I understand what he was doing to us. You understand? Because when you're a person of faith, you, ca- you can't stay in bed. You, you can't stay in bed. How? They say the most successful people, they rise up early. Rise up early. Like one man said, if the sun finds you awake every morning, you can never die poor. If the sun finds you doing something every morning of your life, you can never die poor. But some of you just, oh, 9am. <laughs> the sun hits you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. But like our father, not only don't you have an inheritance, physical, but God disconnects the man from all familiar riti, family. Leave your family, your kindred, your, your country, your, your folk, and go to a place I'll show you. This thing separates you from anybody who could ever help you a certain way. Some of you think your family has abandoned you. No, they haven't. God has taken you out. Some of you think your, fr- your friends have left you. No, they have not left you. God has taken you away from them. But you don't understand. Tents are not built in familiar places. No. If you have a familiar spirit, you, you'll build a house and dwell there. No. Tent means I'm temporarily here. I'm moving. Somebody shout hallelujah. I'm moving. And, and that's what was in Abraham. That's what... what Isaac, Jacob, they are saying, look, however big it is, this is not where we belong. They used to build things that were speaking. And these things were saying, we've not yet begun. It's not where we are ending. I wish people understand what I'm saying. When you're a man of faith, it doesn't matter how much you amass. You always build things and establish things that speak a certain language. And the language that says, this is only but a beginning. Even if you're 90, start a project that you're sure you can finish in 20 years. (laughs) I don't know whether somebody understands what I'm saying. (laughs) Did you get what I just said? Start something that proves that you're not going to die tomorrow morning. But when you're building it also, don't build something like it is the last. No. Men of faith, men of faith, women of faith, they don't build dwelling places when a word is spoken. Permanent dwelling places when a word is spoken. No, they build temporary dwelling places when a word is spoken. Because they know the spirit can move me anytime. And I have to be flexible for the Holy Ghost. Who is understanding what I'm trying to tell you? These were the tents our patriarchs were building. They were saying, you know what? Even though the Lord has spoken, I have cows, I I am rich enough. Abraham was not poor not to build a certain castle. But no, there was a certain vision, a city whose founder and architect was God. This is not it. I can't build a permanent structure in a place where God has not fulfilled the word he spoke on my life. I can't. 
When I tell people we've not yet started, some people don't understand it. We have not yet started. We are still in tents. And there is a reason why we are still in tents. This is what we see. This is what we see. By the time Fanero has begun, we shall be having a fellowship in every nation of the world. Now we have started. Now we are still in preparation stage. I dare you to believe. Now we are still in just preparation stage. Until we have a fellowship in every nation. The moment every nation, even the islands, Madagascar, what? The moment every nation has a funeral fellowship. Now we have started. But the people find hey, you, you arrived. You don't know. <laughs> These are tents. Tell your neighbor, not yet. Tell your neighbor, not yet. Don't be deceived by what you see on my life. Chimugambe, don't be deceived by what you see. Don't be deceived by the blessing you see now. Don't be deceived by the temporary finances. Don't be deceived by the calm driving. Don't be deceived by the... It is not yet begun. Praise the Lord somebody. Praise the Lord somebody. When we learned to pray, we became uncomfortable. Who am I talking to? When we began to pray, we became uncomfortable. We became uncomfortable with mediocrity. That's why we built tents. We became uncomfortable with familiar things. That's why we built tents. We got tired of things that are predictable. That's why we built tents. To tell God that we believe in the story. You spoke on our lives. That something is coming. We don't know how big. And we cannot limit it by drawing walls of brick now. I'm talking of the spiritual. I'm talking of the spiritual. I wish somebody gets a glimpse of what I'm talking about. You'll understand how faith works. Some of you, you, you're already building bricks and walls. You, you have already settled with where and what you think. That's it. You're not going any further. And you think you're in faith. No. We occupy until he comes. Don't be deceived by the cathedral we shall build. It will be a tent. Until the city whose founder and builder is God. Then there our dwellings are. But not yet. Not yet. We cannot stop preaching the gospel. Until we see presidents kneeling down on their knees speaking in tongues. Prime ministers declaring fasts. Army chiefs of staff going on prayer mountains. You don't understand what I'm saying. Because we see a city whose builder and foundation is God. That the fear of the Lord is in a place that even when you enter, people know that there is God in that nation. Until then, we are still in tents. We are dreaming of days where men will just walk on Kampala Road and they, they tell them, He's walking on Kampala Road. Bring every lame person. 
every lame person that you know. Now I'm starting to become crazy. But I understand if you don't understand. I understand if you don't go with me. I get it. The Bible says when they heard that Jesus was coming, they brought the lame, the blind, the deaf, the maimed, and they laid them on the street. Paradise. And the Bible says, as Jesus was passing, they started to get healed. They started to get healed. They started to get healed. And he says, and this is love made perfect, that we might have confidence on that day. For as he is, so are we in this world. We cannot live in buildings. We can only keep tents. Haparum experience. A man spoke for about 30 minutes. And 3,000 men came to Christ. How many have you won? To build. Do you understand why now you need a tent? The tent is saying, God, I'm not yet there. I'm on a journey. I am moving. And I know that you're not yet done with me. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob lived that way. We can't live differently. We can't live differently. Now I understand why the apostolic was a tent maker. Paul. It's not a mistake. He was a maker of tents. I understand why. Peter was a man of nets. Paul was a man of tents. I understand why. I understand why Jacob dwelt in tents. I understand why he says somewhere in Zechariah that the Lord shall serve the tents of Judah. I get it now. Because there is a salvation that comes to a man when God discovers that this man knows that I'm not yet done with him. But he's doing everything possible to position himself for the next thing. Who is understanding what I'm saying? Are you ready for the next move? God spoke to me in 2013. And he told me I'm bringing something in Uganda. But not many are going to see it. Not many are going to embrace it. There are many pastors who have 200 members, 100 members, but they have built buildings. They've built permanent limitations where God wanted tents. Do you understand what I'm saying? He told me it's coming. Just prepare yourself. Begin this date. Before that, these things were not in Kampala. But people, I wish you see where we are going. I wish, just give it a few months. Give it a few months. And when we get there, I want you to know there will be tents. Buildings not yet. Buildings not yet. I'm ready to believe God for everything he has released in 2019. Somebody say it. Say, God, I'm ready to believe you for everything heaven has released this year. I don't care how crazy it is. I'm pitching my tent. Yes, take a step of faith. Do something in your own ability. Pitch a tent. At least pitch a tent with your own hands. Do something that tells God you believe. Just do something that tells God you believe. I don't know what you will do depending on what you're believing God for. But whatever it is, do something that makes God feel that you believe. 
You can't settle for less. Single barren woman. For your children shall be more than the woman who has children. And he tells you, enlarge the place of thy tent. He tells you, stretch forth. He says, do not hold back. Isaiah 54. And he says, for thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left hand, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame. He, has repeated. he says, look, choose to believe me. Enlarge the tent if you have to. But it's a tent still. Stretch forth your faith. You'll make desolate cities habitable. In other words, this is all he's trying to tell you. Like your father Abraham, because he has spoken the word, don't look at Uganda, how Uganda is, what the government hasn't done, what the government has done, how many numbers there are, how many numbers there are not, who can, who can't, who is your connection, who isn't your connection, your education, your, your relationships, who is your father, who is not your father, where do you come from, where you don't come from, how much education do you have, how much education don't you have, how many places have you traveled, how many places haven't you traveled, just rub all that nonsense out of your head and say, God, I believe you. Just tell him, God, I believe you. You'll ask yourself, why am I preaching this? Simple. Something is happening very soon. Very, very soon. Very, very soon. Something is happening very, very soon. Very soon. Very, very soon. I've seen another wave of the Spirit. You know he moves in waves. I've seen another wave coming. I've seen another season that is coming on this land. And anybody listening to me right now. You know, the sons of Ishakar had understanding of the, of the times to know what to do. If you want to know what to do, create a time right this season and prepare yourself. Because something is coming. That is, when we used to tell people that Fanero would look like this, they never believed it. Four years, how? Now they believe. And yet this cannot be compared to what is coming ahead. Saints, you might not be the preacher that is on the pulpit. You might not preach like I am preaching. But wherever the Lord has called you, prepare yourselves. Believe God. The word has been sent. Believe him. Believe him. Pray like you're up to something. Pray like you're preparing for something. Not as though it's going to pass in the spiritual. It has already happened. God is just waiting for men to come in and get into it. Don't miss the days that are coming because they are going to be very glorious days. 
I know that some people might not connect to the words that I'm saying. But there is somebody who understands exactly what I'm saying. There is somebody who sees exactly what I'm saying. There is somebody who feels exactly what I'm saying. This will have a meaning on your family. This will have a meaning on your person. This will have a meaning on your ministry. This will have a meaning on your, on your relationships. This will have a meaning on your career. This is going to have a meaning. Some of, there are people on this ground. In just a few weeks. In just a few months. They will not be able to identify you. They will not believe that you are Ugandan. They will not believe that it is you. They will not believe that it's happening on your life. It will become so hard. They will ask how. You're a child of Abraham. Everything I spoke from the time I stepped on this altar to now was to prepare you to this moment. If everybody understood, I would have simply said, something is coming. Let's pray. But I had to begin from somewhere. I had to begin from somewhere. Somebody just raise your voice and speak to God. Just take a minute and tell God, I don't know what, but I know that something is coming and I'm ready. I'm ready to be used of you. Tell him. Receive it, man of God. Tell him. Come on, tell him. 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 Pitch a tent. Pitch a tent. Do something between you and God that tells him, God, I believe that you're going to do something. Do something as a saint that believes that the word he spoke must come to pass in your life. God, these are wonderful times. And we're ready for what you're going to do. Saint, something is coming. Something is coming. Our glory is coming like we've not seen before. An anointing is coming like we've not seen before. A power is coming like you've not seen before. An experience is coming like you've not seen before. An encounter is coming. Come on, pray. Pray. Come on, pray. We are tired of poverty in the church. We are tired of disease in the church. We are tired of indifference in the church. We are tired of power, powerlessness lives in the church. We are tired of a life that does not have results. Come on, talk to God. Talk to God. For your business, talk to God. For your ministry, talk to God. 
for your family talk to God tell him God I'm believing for a new wave of life I'm believing for something new I cannot minister this same level anymore something has to transcend on my life pray like you're a man on mission pray like you're a woman on mission Holy Spirit give understanding to somebody Somebody's eyes are being opened right now. You're receiving grace for something way bigger than yourself. Bigger than your age. Bigger than your connections. Bigger than your networks. I know who I'm talking to. Spirit of the Sovereign Lord. Start to move right now. Touch somebody. Touch somebody. every word you're speaking the angels hasten to fulfill I didn't even want to say anything tonight except that one sentence something new is happening I want to stop but I feel some people have not yet finished praying. Come on, talk to God. I'll give you another minute. Something new in my life. Yeah. You were doing something new every day of my life some of you you're going to start having very strange encounters from today you're going to have angelic visitations you're going to have encounters with Jesus himself the presence is going to make you lose sleep and appetite. You're going to start disconnecting from the normal things. Your heart is going to draw closer and closer to the things of God. And for some it begins right now. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost.
you, Lord Jesus. Give the Lord a man and praise. Listen. If I had, if everybody understood, I didn't even want to preach today. But I had to give a simple understanding to some people that there is something coming. It is coming. There is another wave of the Spirit coming. And it's not going to leave you the same. It's not going to... Some of you must understand that it is the blessing of God. It's the anointing. It's the favor of God upon a man that causes them to do things that are impossible. And you walk off this ground with faith. You go back home with another confession. You go with another vision. But like I said, I'm warning you. Some of you, it has started. But some of you, it is about to start. You're going to start having encounters with God. You're going to start losing sleep at night. You're going to disconnect from many things. But because I've seen something is happening. Watch, just watch a few weeks from now. Some of you will understand exactly what I was talking about. We are tired of Christianity that does not show forth. No. No. The word must work. And we've given you the word. Now believe. Now believe. If you're here and you've never given your life to Christ... There are 28 prophets here. The power of God is coming now. 28 of you. 28 of you. 28 of you. There are 17 evangelists here. The signification of your ministry will be the power to heal miracles, signs, and wonders. They stumbled on these grounds in two or three years. The whole nation is going to be talking about you. The whole nation. Your star is brightening in about two or three years. The whole nation is going to be speaking your name. You will remember this day. You will remember this day. You will remember this day. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. They will be speaking your name. God is going to do something that is going to push you to the limelight. To the glory of his name. And you will say it is the Lord. Those days are coming back in this nation 
where you're going to be seeing 20, 30,000 people in a service in a week. They are coming back in this land. No, even beyond. They are happening like they've never happened in this land. Let me say it that way. We are going to see a move of the spirit in Uganda like we have never seen since it was designated Uganda. And wherever the Lord has called you and positioned you, there you'll function. You don't need to be a preacher. Even if you're a business person, God will raise you for a certain purpose. To the glory of his name. If you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, I'm sorry I've gone beyond time. I'm sorry I've gone beyond time. But it was expedient. If you're here and you've never been born again and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Come and receive him now. It's the best decision you could ever make. Somebody is giving birth tonight. Somebody's, I know, I, I don't know how, but somebody's giving birth tonight. I know it. I could. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you want to receive Jesus, come, come. Come. You've had enough of the world, come. There's nothing else you're going to get from outside this. Come. Jesus, you're my friend. Come. God is visiting families. Somebody claim your family for God. Just tell God my family, my home, my house. Say it. Raise a mantle there like this nation has never seen. Say it. Say, God, put something on my child that Uganda has never seen. That the world has never seen. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest. Thank you.